0: The one question that we should always ask ourselves as fathers is how can I perform at an elite level in fatherhood? And these episodes will dive deep into that question and look to uncover the answers that will increase our performance as fathers. My name is Troy Woods, and this is the high performance fatherhood podcast. Hey everyone. Thank you all for joining us for another episode of the high performance fatherhood podcast. I'm super excited. Um, to have our guest on this evening. Uh, She's somebody that I think is, and we're gonna get into why I wanted to to have her on the podcast. Um, There's just so much information that I think she can share. We're living in an interesting time now where we're in a social media world. There's a lot of information out there and I've always been one um, that believes that you should just go to the source you know, shouldn't do your own research, go ask the people that got the information. So this evening we have nurse Bardanelli. Bardinelli. Uh, she is um, going to provide some insight to us. I've been watching her now for over a year, 18 months, uh, something like that. And she has been super consistent in everything that she has said in the middle of the pandemic. Um, and we met at another engagement. That's how we connected on social media. Um, but I'm super excited. Thank you so much for uh, joining us for this chat this evening.
1: Thank you so much, Troy, for having me. I'm so, so appreciative that you allowed me to, to join and share this amazing platform with you, my brother. So thanks.
0: Awesome. You are very welcome. You're very welcome. So just so I can make sure that we cover the bases, because I definitely believe give an honor, and you have so many accomplishments, but I want to let everyone know who you are. Uh, You studied at Howard University, you are a wife, you are a mother, you are a cardiac nurse, as well as a nursing director. We don't need to give locations on that, but just know that you come well certified. Um, And like I said, you've been someone who's been seeing everything that's been going on the front lines. You've been dealing with it every day in one form or capacity or another. Um, So I just want to get right into it because I want to be mindful of your time. Let's do it. All right, so you guys know what's going on. We're still in the middle of a pandemic, even though people want to act like we're not on what's this. That? podcast. Never
1: heard, it, Never heard of it.
0: Never heard of it. Never <laughs> heard of it. Never heard of it. So, uh, I promised when I when I started this platform that I was going to shoot straight, that I was going to be an op- as open and honest as possible, and and provide relevant information. This podcast is about high performance fatherhood, helping fathers. Uh, live their most authentic life to live with the highest capacity in the different forms of their life, whether it's with their family, whether it's with their health and wellness, no matter what those areas may be, entrepreneurship, your your job, whatever it is, just to live a, a high performance life. Now, what that does not mean is that we're only going to hear from fathers, because I believe the information that that we need comes from all different angles. All right. So going on with where what I don't even know what month we're in. This thing started going on nineteen month 19, so month 19 since they declared it, but I know it was here. It was here before that. Um, What, let's just, let's just go right to what you have been seeing, because as someone who is a medical professional, I don't think you all get your just due. I think that a lot of uh, the going back and forth And I've been saying this to people, regardless of your stance the going back and forth is really impacting you all the most um, because you all have to deal with the actual facts of of what's going on. So what tell me how the last 19 months have been for you as a medical professional and how do you see things trending right now?
1: Wow, um, so with that one question alone, Troy, we could be on here for like two hours. So I know time is of the essence, but um, before I answer that, if you don't mind, let me just first give you a shout out and thank you for uh, this high performing fatherhood network that you've created. I am the product of a uh, being raised as a Black female by a Black father. My mother died when I was four years old um, of cancer. And I, as well as my older brother, who unfortunately has passed away, we were raised by a very strong uh, Black man who um, defied all the odds. Uh, for what most uh, uh black fathers uh are not always highlighted and acknowledged and so as a black woman as a black mother to a black son um hats off to you my brother for doing the work that you do and for acknowledging so i personally salute you all because Thanks. a lot of times we talk about the, the the women and obviously I'm one, so I appreciate that. But I just want to let you know and your listeners know that in addition to that, um, I am the product of being raised by a single father. Uh-huh. Quite frankly, I think you did a pretty darn good job. So shout uh-huh. out to uh,
0: I didn't know that. That's amazing. That's amazing. Exactly. Thank you so See,
1: much God works me. in a serious way. So yes. shout out to me, uh Pastor uh Clarence Clark up in Pennsylvania, my daddy. Um my dad. I'm an unashamed uh Jesus girl and also a daddy's girl. So um, thank you for allowing me to share uh, this. Absolutely,
0: absolutely, you're absolute, more than welcome.
1: So this 19 months, how has it been? Wow, um, I think that is the one word, wow. <laughs> right. It it has been um, uh, very multidimensional. It has been hectic. It at times has been rewarding. At times it has been scary. At times it has been, um, yay, yeah, I say, uh, uh mentally exhaustive mm-hmm. um at times it has been physically exhaustive at times um you're quite frankly troy pissed off um at some of the rhetoric that you may that you um that you hear that i have heard and then at times i i realize that it's my calling and i'm grateful and now i can say um living having lived through this these past 19 months that i'm blessed and that i'm grateful and i believe that the pandemic um and nope clear disclosure. Most people know that we talk before you come onto these things. And so Mm -hmm. as I was sharing with you, I do believe that all things work out and for the betterment, for the good, despite the the traumatic losses that we've experienced, um, I'm hoping and I'm praying it has helped to instill in me a a renewed sense of faith, Mm -hmm. a renewed sense of commitment to do the work that I was called to do, um, a renewed sense of appreciation for being a nurse and finally uh during this traumatic uh, experience is quite frankly that the nurses and other healthcare my other healthcare professional colleagues out here uh, are finally getting our our reckoning and our due Absolutely. for the work that we do because outside of this pandemic as i share with you trust me we go through a lot of stuff every day um as well as appreciate having so much more appreciation for mm-hmm. the teachers Mm -hmm. as well um so so for me it's been um in a nutshell a very chaotic time but there's crisis and chaos um but there's still christ in the chaos for me Mm. um, and i've been able to find community and uh when you talk about some of the accolades that i i have Received, if you will, it is nothing but a true hashtag but God moment for me because I've been walking this walk, and so I've I've chosen to see it as an opportunity. I've chosen to use it as a vehicle to share the message of health disparities and health inequities, and ensuring that people that look like me, my black black and brown brothers and sisters. Are really managing and taking care of their their bodies because it doesn't matter how smart you are, Troy. It doesn't matter how many podcasts you put out, how many amazing media things that you do, the the beautiful headshots that you perform. It means nothing if Troy himself is not physically able and here to do that work that God has given you as a creative to do. And so for me, um, I'm blessed, I'm happy, and I'm just grateful to be on the other end, or not on the other end. Hopefully, seeing the end mm-hmm. of this crazy time
0: you know it's interesting and you're correct we did chat a little bit about um this episode before yesterday and you said something i want to make sure we touch on at the end about um health in general not just dealing with covid um but i i wanted to let everybody know because i know this is and i'm sharing this because i know we not only did we talk about it but it's something that you shared uh yourself is that even as a medical professional you had COVID yourself in between your first and second um shots so what was that experience like for you because i know you were in in between um when you got that
1: um it was scary uh quite frankly i won't even lie it was even though i'm um and obviously we know each other and so you know i, I ran five miles today um, a, an active, healthy person, uh, by the grace of God, no medical comorbidities or anything of that nature. Mm-hmm. And I took my first dose on December 23rd of 2020. Mm-hmm. I got tested for COVID on January 4th. Wow! That became a routine for me, only because of working in the hospital, working in an acute care setting, working with and caring for COVID-positive patients and um, having several of my team members um, getting COVID. And I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And so just as a a, a precautionary measure, Mm -hmm. once we understood and keep in mind by November, December timeframe, testing had become more readily available, particularly for those of us that that are in the healthcare realm. Mm -hmm. And so I would schedule those periodic testings. And so lo and behold, I came back to work on the 5th of January of 2021 this year. And I was waiting to get the call or figure out, am I negative? Am I negative? I logged onto our our medical portal and looked at my information. And uh, quite frankly, Julie, a, a tear came down my face. I was like, oh my God, this can't be like, no, like seriously, no. And um, I logged out, I logged back in the computer. And the very first thing, uh, once I saw positive for COVID, um, I honestly, for about probably two minutes, I just sat there looking like this, Joy, like.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then
1: I, and then I called my husband and, um, he took a very deep sigh and said, all right, babe, well, it's going to be okay. Um, are you coming home? (laughs) And I was like, heck yeah. Um, so then I, I cried in my office full won't lie. Not like a world's coming to an end cry, but like just a very sullen moment. And, um, I just said, well, God, I've been doing all this uh, preaching and sharing and and advocacy work and and letting people know, wash your hands and wear your mask. And how this happened to me. And I've been one of the most careful people you can imagine. I would, you know, food being delivered, not hanging out. Right. You know, I, I literally stripped at my door, literally up to my underwear, toy at my door every day. And I would not hug or touch my husband or son until I showered, brushed my teeth, washed my face, and everything. My husband would put my clothes. Um, he left like a little uh, a bag at the front door and he would wash my uniforms every night um, to make sure that they were clean and, and sterile, if you will. And I, I was scared. I came home, packed the bag really quick. Um, the hospital uh, where I work, the organization uh, was providing quarantine because of again, working mm, in a hospital okay. setting. Okay. I went to the hospital. I went to a hotel downtown with some of 45's um, uh, super fans unbeknownst to me, uh, because that was a hotel that the hospital had already had a contract with for Uh, about a month or so. Okay. Exactly. So you know where this is going. So I pull up and I'm like, what in the world? So this was the eve of the insurrection. So on the 5th of January, I...
0: I didn't draw the correlation.
1: Yep. So January 5th. Yep. January 5th, Troy, the eve of the insurrection. So I go into the hotel room. My husband followed me in his car to make sure I was okay. Because the plan, Troy, was if they were gonna, they got tested the next day, clearly they were negative by the grace of God. And they got tested again later that next week. Mm -hmm. So short version of this long story, got tested, they were negative. So, okay, then I'm going to stay away until I'm done. Then I will come back home. So the initial right. thing was I am positive. I don't live in a mansion. So I'm like, okay, I have to leave. And so I, I decided to go to the, the hotel. And then once they came back negative, then I stayed in the hotel, which quite frankly, Troy, full disclosure was one of the hardest things that I've done. Um, you, you know, a little bit about me. I'm definitely a talker, a people person. I, I love what I do. And I literally was sitting in a hotel room and did not leave that room for 10 days like literally in right it was like solitary confinement and yeah. a shout out to anybody who has ever been incarcerated and has survived that um despite what you may or may not have done um i don't wish that upon anybody it gave me a completely new uh perspective cuz i had my my computer my phone i had tv i had my own bathroom people were dropping off food uber eats etc and it was one of the hardest things that i had to do to be completely secluded i literally did i wasn't Going in a hallway, I literally sat in that hotel room for ten days.
0: That's tough because it, it and and early on when all this was happening. I mean, in the very beginning, I remember one of the first um, and and of course, I'm only saying this because you hear about it on the news. One of the first celebrities I heard about was Tom Hanks, and I think he Correct. was overseas. And like, yeah, and they they weren't even home. I don't think I think they were out of the country or something like that. They were on
1: vacation somewhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and they talked about he said, I think he said, we're going in isolation, you know, and I just started thinking about, we got this new thing going on. No one's ever seen it before. And you're alone with your thoughts and you're apart from your family. And, um, you know, my wife's family experienced something similar in New York. Uh, she, um, a relative went in, um, to the hospital. Now I can't recall exactly why she went in, but she never came out. And it was just like, You know, family, you think about just being away and apart from family and how that can play on your mind. Um, One of the things that I want to talk about, because you can speak to this from obviously your profession and someone um, who's had COVID, the misperceptions that we're seeing in media. And that's why I tell people social media is a blessing and it's a curse because. everything from people's businesses, everything now is being built via social media. So it's the truth for mo- most people will take it as gospel. When they see something up there, they won't verify it. They, you know. And if it looks like it comes from somebody with a blue check, they're going to think that they know exactly what they're talking about. So what are some of the misperceptions that you have seen since this thing started and some of the misinformation that you have seen um or heard since this whole thing started
1: so the very first one is that the government is trying to track us and i just said you know
0: <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> i mean Troy, if they wanted to track us they know what we're doing they they know Five years from now, they can probably go back and say on October, so and so at this time, you were talking to Troy, and Troy came up missing the next day. I promise you they're gonna come and find me, you know, next week and be like and go to your wife. Well, who was he talking to? Well, why was she right. talking to her? So Absolutely. I tell people like if the government wants to track us, they, they can will and already have the ability to do so right. just via our mobile phone. So be clear. So, no, they're not trying to inject anything. Um, quick moment to let you know, Troy, I am now 24 hours probably 27 hours now of getting my booster shot. Okay. So I got my okay. booster shot after uh, yesterday afternoon okay. and I got my flu shot at the same time. I don't know why I chose to do that, but I did. Oh, okay.
0: I know they were uh, talking about getting both together. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So cool, cool. I got
1: my, my booster shot yesterday and my flu shot, but the biggest one was about the government tracking and, and microchips, et cetera. And um, I I literally, I, I'm a person of faith, um, but I'm also obviously a person of science. And so I believe faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's also the evidence of things not seen and so what i will simply say to people is that um be very prudent trust and verify and you already said that a few moments ago that people would not validate the information that they heard um, as long as it appeared to marry their opinion they would go along with it um, the other thing is obviously, uh, as African-American uh, folks, the Tuskegee experiment, they're trying to do that again and had to share with them. First of all, you don't know your history because the Tuskegee experiment was not going around injecting men with syphilis. They were finding people who had it because it was a common issue back then. Um, but they were refusing treatment. And so instead of actually giving them, you know, antibiotics and other medications to, to help those men, um, they just wanted to see how far along could it go before it killed them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, African Americans have every right and I want to be clear I am a nurse I work in a healthcare profession I will say anybody who's listening or watching African Americans particularly absolutely have every right to have a little bit of hesitancy with um the, the medical uh, uh, establishment, if you will, because of historically speaking, that we were basically used as guinea pigs, right? And so right. there's books out there that talks about all of those things that the the, the father of gynecology, OBGYN, would uh, do uh, C-sections on, on African enslaved women with no anesthesia, like we know all of this. Mm-hmm. However, my brothers and sisters, it is 2021 and things are in place to ensure that you can make um, informed decisions. That's why we have to sign consent forms now in hospitals. So because of all those atrocities, we have moved on, which is why I say to people, talk to your healthcare professional. So make sure you're making those wise decisions. So Tuskegee experiment was probably one of the bigger ones. Mm-hmm. And the other one was they're injecting, you know, microchips into our body so they can track us. Um, and thirdly, I will simply say, Troy, common sense. Who were the first ones who were able to get vaccinated? Me, healthcare professionals. Mm -hmm. So we were all lined up, the majority of us, not all, obviously, but the majority of us. So do you really think that they would want to kill off all of the medical doctors and nurses, the radiology techs, the physical, like, do you want them to kill the entire medical establishment in the country? And think about it, a lot of those people are disproportionately our Caucasian brothers and sisters. So it's not like they were only coming out for black people. If That was a case because plenty of white healthcare professionals were getting it. So those were some of the main ones that we heard.
0: And that's what I noticed on our end too. Um, uh, Kelly and I went uh, March, April timeframe of this year. And when I showed up, I saw people cross the rainbow getting it done. I'm like, you know, I think a lot of times we miss out cause we always, too very, hesitant it. yeah it's like i'm like it's no way they're doing something that's going to just target us in this mass thing and then you would hear about people that were against the vaccine or saying no we talked we don't need to call names but we talked about this that were like no it's this is that but they were already getting vaccinated right they're already protecting themselves um here's a topic and i don't know um how much you can go into this Um, but I do I do want to make sure I bring it up because it's conversations that I've had with other people and I've I've become very passionate about these things. But there is this undercurrent or this debate about the vaccine versus natural remedies, right? And and I'm gonna follow this up by saying I know. I know of one person in particular who took this route. He's no longer with us, and this dude was like,
1: Incredible. "When I say healthy,
0: in shape, worked out all the time, yada yada yada." So the, the the hesitancy, I believe, and and I will say this: I think the, um, the I hate to call it marketing, but it is what it is. The the plan, the vaccination plan, the marketing plan for it, I believe has people hesitant because of the wording that has been used as it relates to get vaccinated to help stop the spread of COVID or get vaccinated to X, Y, and Z, because then once you found out that you could still get COVID once you were vaccinated, then people are like, well, see, no, you can still, you can still get it. Please tell everyone what the vaccine is designed to do.
1: So first thing, um, let's talk about, um, Herbal remedies and, and natural homeopathic type of uh, medicines. There are homeopathic physicians. You know, there's people who have gone, you know, to who have gone to traditional scientific, you know, Western medicine medical schools mm-hmm. and ascribe to some of those um, uh, remedies and treatment plans for their patients. However, what I will say is, even in that case, for example, You should not be a person taking extra vitamins, all these extra vitamins and supplements and stuff. Still talk to your physician, still let them know what you're taking because too much of anything Mm -hmm. is bad for you, Mm -hmm. period. Too much of anything is bad for you. There's toxicity for anything. There's people who become hypernatremic, uh, hyponatremic or hypovolemic. And those are just terms of, you know, high sodium, low sodium. Because if I'm just drinking nothing but gallons and gallons and gallons of water all day long, my sodium levels are going to drop. One person, Troy, you know, as a lay person in the medical field, you might say, well, drinking water is great. But if I'm drinking like six, seven gallons of water a day and I'm not replenishing, replenishing that sodium, my sodium will drop, and then I'm going to be in a problem, I will have a cardiac issue, I will have neurological deficits, I will start to be confused. So too much of anything, even water for that point matter, can be bad for you. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that I would say is, um, we have to understand what the immune system is. And I know we're not going to have a whole like science class tonight. But the immune system, our body is very adaptive. Um, our body is uh, amazing. It compensates when we, when it's necessary, even without us needing us uh, to tell it to do so. It will automatically compensate for those things. So, what I would say to people about the virus, uh, specifically COVID nineteen, and these oh, they are homeopathic remedies, is that fine. You can do those things. There's nothing wrong with vitamin C, vitamin D, those different things to help your immune system. Mm-hmm. It does not. I repeat. It does not mean that it will prevent you from getting COVID-19. It doesn't necessarily mean that just because you had an extra level of vitamin C that is going to do something to your cells that's going to repel or recognize this virus. That's not what it means. It just means you're going to be strong and healthy. So when you get it, hopefully you won't have severe signs and symptoms and you won't die. I eat myself, right? I -hmm. continued to run, I continued to work out, I was doing my best to eat healthy. I did all of those things because in my mind, Troy, I said, if I get this, I wanna be in the best fighting shape as I possibly can be.
0: There you go.
1: That's what I wanted to do and that's what I did. As it relates to, you know, the the anti-vaxxers, vaccine hesitation, and I know you and I, again, discussed this, you know, this isn't a conversation to to vaccine shame or hate or promote or or suggest uh, that you're a horrible person if you do or if you don't. I'm just simply saying, from what I've experienced, which is why Troy asked me to come, that the vaccine works, that it has helped me. Um, I did get my second dose. Um, I did also get a blood plasma transfusion um, to get extra antibodies to make sure that I was safe. I entered into as a black woman, I felt it was important to participate in these studies to make sure that it would help because at the end, me getting a little extra bit of plasma is not going to, it's not going to do it. It's not going to hurt, hurt me. If anything, it will help me right with the extra volume that I would need in my body. And so I also participated in a study combined with Hopkins and MedStar health. I did that because I wanted to be able to contribute to a resolution to what we're now dealing with yesterday, as I shared at the beginning of your podcast, I got my third booster. I'm feeling fine. Yes. I took some Motrin to make sure I didn't have a headache or anything. Mm -hmm. And the vaccine has always, I repeat, has always been presented as such that it will prevent you from getting severe disease. It will prevent you and hopefully reduce you needing to be hospitalized and hopefully and prayerfully ultimately to reduce deaths. 96%, 95% efficacy of Pfizer and Moderna does not equal 100 the last time you and I were in grade school, Troy. So, 99, like the Bible says, 99 and a half won't do. So, if you got 99 on a test, that means you still got one wrong. So, Mm -hmm. it does not mean 100. No one said that getting the vaccine is a curative cure all and that you will not get back. You will not get it. It says it will reduce the impact and hopefully you won't get it because your body will recognize it. No Mm -hmm. one ever said that it will prevent you from getting it. So, I hope people um, listening. Uh, we'll remember that
0: they they are, I do, we do have some listeners now um, reason I'm going to ask this question now, uh, even though we're not at the end is cause you and I discussed this earlier, um, d- yesterday, I have a question coming in. It's asking about the plasma transfusion is, and is that the same as the monoclonal, monoclonal colonial yes. antibody treatment? Yes.
1: yes. Yes. That answer is yes. So basically what they do is they would, um, somebody who had COVID. They will then um, get blood from them and then they would reduce the plasma. Plasma is a kind of yellowy. It looks like a yellowish clear plasma. I can't. It's hard to explain. A Blood transfusion. It's the plasma from the blood. So you're not getting the red blood cells. You're getting the other stuff that's in your body and it's infused into a person who has it. To hopefully again reduce you from ha- becoming asymptomatic. That's what it is. So early on last year, this time last year was complete mayhem. You know, remember back September, October, right. we, we started to see that third wave. You know, the first wave happened when it first happened, and then we thought things were getting a little bit better because then people started staying home, schools were closed, businesses were closed. Mm-hmm. Then we slowly opened back up. Um, you know, with pickup stuff going back into the 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 um, grocery stores, et cetera, right. and then you know, we had the holiday season, and then we kind of saw another spike um, towards the middle end of summer, and then we were here again this time last year uh, before we were able to get vaccinated because the first healthcare professionals um, like myself, the vaccine wasn't readily available until I think it was the end of November, at least at my organization, mm-hmm. it was the end of November, right, in December when people started to get the vaccine.
0: What concerns do you guys have as we head into the fall, winter months? Are there any are there with the vaccine out now? Um, like we said, versus last year, even though it was out, we didn't have a lot of vaccinations at that point. We didn't have a lot of contact points then. Um oh. how do you how are you how are you all feeling about as we go into the fall?
1: Um, I think it's pretty safe to say, for those of us that are still working, one, right now, there is a significant, I'm speaking from a nursing perspective at this point, there is a huge nursing shortage. So I've seen several um, things in the post. I've seen things from Miami Herald, I believe, um, to your point about uh, watching and, and listening into social media and uh, the other uh, news media outlets of mm-hmm. nurses walking out, nurses up in New York City, I believe, this past couple, this past week, and I think were fired who were not vaccinated by the, the mandate. So for me personally, um, again, those of you who know me that are listening or watching, I am not speaking on behalf of the organization upon which I work. Yes, I'm chair of the DC Board of Nursing. I am not speaking as an agent of the Board of Nursing. This is just Meaty Bartnelli, a nurse that's working in a, in a hospital setting. Um, I am concerned about mandates, I meaning I think the mandates are good. I'm saying I'm concerned about the people who then Will not be compliant and how that is going to continue to impact our workforce. So Mm -hmm. I'm concerned, Troy, not really so much about COVID. I'm concerned about how COVID and this pandemic is now impacting the healthcare workforce Mm because you guys, y'all, and yes, I said y'all, it is rough out here in these hospital streets. Let me just tell you, there's Mm -hmm. huge vacancy rates. Um, We're looking for nurses. Nurses are leaving the profession for whatever reason. They're tired. There's burnout. Nurses are leaving um, to go take travel assignments in other parts of the country uh, because they're getting uh, these high dollar amount of assignments. But they're only temporary. So then the people that are still here are trying to figure out how to manage um and then the other thing is just as you know schools are opening up back now so i'm hoping and praying that most kids immune systems quite frankly are very resilient so i hope that those kids that are um, of age that were old enough to to you know 15 and above to get the vaccine and as they will soon lower that age hopefully those kids will get the vaccine so we don't see an influx or another surge of our elderly people getting covid because even though like me getting COVID, I was fine because I'm healthy, but my grandmother's already passed away, but I could not imagine she wouldn't survive what I went through. You know what I mean? So her immune system is, you know, 80, 90 years old. So a 90 year old's immune system is not the same as somebody in their forties, 40 year old system is not the same as my 15 year old son. And so for me, it's, it's a combination of, um, and the last thing I would add is the variance, because that is exactly what viruses do. All of us, um, you know, if you're an adult. You may not be in, in medical in, in a medical profession, but you remember back in the day, Troy. We had science. You had the variable and the control group. And so what happens is, every time the virus or bacteria gets into another surface, it, it's going to morph. And so what the virus and how it attacks my body is going to be different than how it would attack your body, Troy. And then it creates a, a different variation. Mm-hmm. So that the virus reduplicates itself. So then Troy then passes it on to somebody else. That person passes it on to somebody else. So when we're talking about this Delta variant, you know, that's what's happening. So I hope those three things, again, that the staffing challenges that we're seeing as it relates to uh, particularly nurses, I'm speaking of uh, with this pandemic, too. The vaccine mandates and how's that going to impact the workforce and hoping that people will get it and then three hoping that we're not uh, continuing to reproduce and create new variants that are going to be less and less um, amenable to the vaccine or other treatment plans that we currently have been able to develop.
0: Um, oh man, it's just so.
1: <laughs> you asked, I, so I, no, answer.
0: I. I mean no it's it an amazing answer I, i'm just thinking how. Divided we are like this thing happened at I think the worst possible time for our social climate in this country, because like I said, I don't think it mattered who was president, whether it was Trump, Biden, Obama. Whatever. I think that the fact that it happened in an election year. When you gotta appease people, and then you have these thoughts of, and things that are going on, and then people are trying to be beholden to a particular political party, and all this other stuff, and at the end of the day, it seems like it just comes down to common decency towards your fellow man, right?
1: Well, you know, Troy, here's an analogy that um, shout out to Dr. Glenn Wortman. He's one of the infectious disease physicians that I uh, work with, and I'll make this quick to your point about just being a good citizen. Um, make make this scenario akin to driving and being a good driver, being a safe driver. We all want to get to where we need to get to and we want to be safe getting there. We don't want to die in a car accident. But what do we do? We have blind trust. We have blind trust that when I picked up my son from high school today driving home, that somebody was gonna actually stop at the stop sign. I had blind trust people were going to obey the, uh, this is a one way street and not barreling down a one way street. We have blind trust. Public health moves at the speed of trust. Again, public health only moves at the speed of trust, and the problem was, and I have no problem saying it, um, and it's not, and I'm not here to to, to preach or to be um, want to be apolitical, but I think everybody would have to agree, whether you are for, for against, or not quite sure, our previous president, um, once that once it moved from allowing the medical professions to speak, I think where there was a misstep was then it became more politicized. My health is not a political matter. Right. I want to get what I, I want to get the treatment that I need to get treated so that I can live and be well. That is my own personal hashtag. Hashtag be well and live. Right. So I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're Tea Party, Green Party, Purple Party. I don't care if you're white, black, orange, green. I don't care if you're rich or you're poor. I want you as a person. And as a nurse, I see you as a human being, and I, my goal and desire for you is to be well and to live. And whatever I can do to make that happen is my goal and desire. And when our previous president made a, a slight shift with no longer having the medical professionals and the scientists speak that that uh, to the, the public, then that's when you had a lot of this concern. And then it became more political. Then it came more about the economy. Of course, we don't want people to lose business. Of course, Troy, we, we want you to still do the things that you do. So, you know, Clark Media can still do what it does and you can still do these podcasts and still pour into us. But people are dying. So we got to find another way, right? And I think what, what really transpired and what I would say is that Dr. Wartman made the analogy to get back to that is when you drive a car, wearing and getting, I mean, getting the vaccine is like um, having an airbag. We all know in vehicles now, most cars made since, I don't know, Troy, you and I are around about the same age, I guess probably the mid-90s, late 90s was when all cars started having airbags, right? right? That is because you know it's there. So when you need it, Right. Hopefully save your life. That airbag, Troy, does not mean that you won't have an accident. The airbag does not mean that you may not get a little injured. But the goal of the airbag is to hopefully make sure it will protect your vital organs. There's no airbags down by your legs. Why? Because you can live without your legs. But you need your brain. You need your heart and your lungs. Right here is what you need in order to live and survive. So the goal of the airbag is to you don't see it. It's, it's behind the the cubbies and the, the air, the the um the, the baseboards, et cetera, in their vehicles, that's where the airbags are. So but when you need it, it's there. That's what a vaccine is. When I need it, it's going to kick in and it's going to recognize, oh crap, this virus has entered your body. Let me make this shift so you can protect yourself. Wearing the seatbelt is like putting on a mask, right? So the seatbelt is great when you use it. The mask is great when you use it. It's going to help provide additional protection so you don't go out of uh, get thrown out of the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Right, you don't want to get flown out of the vehicle. And then the last thing is obeying the stop signs and obeying that the yield sign is akin to social distancing, right? So if you know that if I yield, and let you go by then we're good nobody's going to hit each other, so if i'm not all up in your face Troy knowing that I haven't been vaccinated knowing that i'm going out to the party or to the club and I come give Troy a hug and I kiss you on the cheek and i'm breathing i'm talking all over you. I am now invading your personal space that has now created this collision of airspace we're now Troy is going to go home to his family because meaty was reckless. Mm -hmm. So no different, if that person who was driving did not slow down at the stop sign and stop or actually yield to give you enough time to break and go by, that's the social distancing. So getting the vaccine, making sure you're wearing the mask in those appropriate environments and social distancing in those appropriate environments helps us to be safe. And I hope, you know, we're grown people here. It is no different than having sex and leaving the condom on the counter.
0: Right, right.
1: It was great when you did it, but you were not protected.
0: Right. 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 And
1: then what? So then what happens? So then what happens when somebody's pregnant? Then what happens when you get an STD? So then what happens when you get HIV AIDS? What all you had to do was wear, you know, a condom.
0: Right. So a question a question coming in and it kind of ties into what I um what I wanted to kind of put a bow around this thing and tie it up is when it comes to getting a vaccine when it comes to getting vaccinated we talk about um, other people right and get vaccinated um what what i'm trying to understand and, and and it's a question that i've been asking and i want everybody that's listening to know that i'm fully vaccinated so i'm not against the vaccine right i got the vaccine because I had to make a conscious decision for me, for my family, and just honestly what I do for a living, right? Like I knew that that was gonna be a thing because I think the one, one thing, and I think this is where the conversation could be better, is that when you're going into establishments, when you're as a vendor or whatever you're doing, there is a liability issue that these companies don't want to have. Right. They don't because we are a very sue heavy society. Something goes wrong. Lawsuit. Yep. No business wants the wants the burden of someone coming in here and proving, oh, your ventilation system isn't right. So I got covid here. Now I'm going to sue you and take your life's work because the building wasn't right or whatever. So I look at this as almost a liability thing. But when it comes to getting covid and I'm sorry, when it comes to getting vaccinated, and the impact on others can you speak to that any sort of way on how if I get vaccinated the help to someone else who is vaccinated or not vaccinated like my vaccination status I'm vaccinated how is that going to benefit others or is that purely me on me just my protection because it hurt immunity and everything else
1: It's both. It's developing herd immunity. It's allowing you to be safe. So when you are going, you are not becoming a host to transmit this virus, period, point blank, drop the mic. It helps you so you can live, so you won't get the virus and thereby have severe signs and symptoms, need to be hospitalized, need to have supplemental oxygen, God forbid, be on a ventilator, nor uh, die, period. It helps you to be able to come home every night to your wife and your family and know that your daddy is safe. Right. Um, It helps you as a business person to keep your business open and you can still do the things that you do. It helps to allow you to still maneuver out here in the the public, in our community to make sure that we are getting um, the services that you are able to provide, i.e. all the other essential workers, the the grocery stores, the the trashmen, et cetera, et cetera, not just nurses and and doctors and people in hospitals, but all the other essential workers that we need that makes our society go. Public transportation, there's a huge shortage right now, Troy, of, of school bus drivers.
0: Yes, it, it is.
1: that, that We briefly talked about. And so for me, yes, I do agree with certain people requiring um, uh, vaccines, it is absolutely a liability because if that person can then track back because there is contract tracing, and right. they find out that you received or you were around person a who was unvaccinated, and you were in their face, you know, doing a, a video shoot or whatever it is that you were doing in your your other world. And um, I'm sure your wife would be very concerned, right? And so I think it's important that we understand to your initial comment a few moments ago about just doing the right thing for the community. You know, when you're driving, and let, that's why firefighters, police officers have to put on the, the lights because they can't just drive around to these emergencies and not tell us and create more, they're going to create more havoc. They have to say, hey, community, this is happening. Move out the way. Let me get to where we're trying to go. Hey, people, put on your seatbelt. Hey, people, That's why they put speed bumps out there. And quite frankly, Troy, we get vaccinated anyway. Most people cannot go to school in the United States of America because of public health. This is not, we're not, this is not new. People have getting the vaccines for shingles, measles, mumps, rubella, smallpox, we get vaccinated. My son got vaccinated for all of those. And yes, HPV, all of those things that have been tested. The reason why and I this is, again, meaty Barnelli's personal opinion, because I know this is being recorded. I am saying because of the messenger or messengers, uh-huh. the message that really muddied. And and it was delivered in in lukewarm, muddy water. And because of that, it was not clear and crisp why we were not having these same discussions when Ebola broke out a couple of years ago.
0: Right. Right. And I'm not
1: saying it's because Yay Obama. No, I'm saying because Obama didn't speak on it. If you recall, all the other professionals did. We weren't talking about this. Um, Troy, you and I are in that age group back when HIV was becoming a thing. Now people don't even really talk about HIV HIV anymore. Why? Because people know to wear condoms. People know about safe sex. They now say, oh, if you're going to do drugs, get some clean needles and do the drugs. Don't share your needles. Um, There's there's medications that are out there that help people that do have um, HIV to live longer and and to be uh, to still have a good longevity in their life. And so nobody's talking about that. Why? Because I don't believe it was as politically um, charged Mm -hmm. as this was. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it was an election year. Uh, There's a lot of racial tension. Quite frankly, it was a twindemic. It was this health issue of COVID. And then we all watch with our very own eyes, an officer with his knee literally on someone's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. And so that was very traumatic. And so I do believe that because of those things, that's why this message um, that you're allowing to share again um, and I want to make sure people realize, and I know this is your heart as well, Troy, we're not saying you better get it, don't get it, and we're pointing fingers. Right. I'm just saying Correct. make an informed decision. Correct. Please don't let it be some nonsense that's not true. That's my issue right now, Troy. Right. Don't come to me with some nonsense. If you have never gotten vaccinated, what can I say? Then go right. for it. Go drink your juices and berries, and I hope it <laughs> good so well.
0: You know, it, it's interesting because, and I had to educate myself on this as well, um, is that a lot of people think the vaccine... I'm not gonna I was talking offline when I came up with this analogy, but I'ma say it here and y'all it, it's a little hood, but whatever. I said people act like COVID came up and they just whipped up the vaccine in the Pyrex and put it out on the street. It, nope. it can you explain like the baseline of yes. how this came about? Because a lot of people think, how can you develop a vaccine from nothing and just short of time and then just give it to people. Can you please speak to that?
1: So what I will share to anyone, again, go to cdc.gov, go to the fda.gov, look at Dr. Kizmeta Corbett, who is a Black sister, who is doing phenomenal, who has a PhD. Um, I personally have spoken personally to other immunologists, uh, people who are infectious disease physicians. They are working on vaccines right now for stuff that is happening in our world that only because a few people died from, it has not hit the media yet, y'all. That's what y'all need to understand. And yes, I said y'all. So this vaccine, it wasn't that they had a specific vaccine for COVID, it was that the technology that they used, they did not inject us with a live virus vaccine. That's number one. So unlike the the flu shot that I got yesterday, sometimes they give you like the dead and active part of that virus um, to make sure that your body can then recognize it. They used messenger mRNA, right? Um, just like DNA, you have RNA in your body. And that's what kind of helps to send messages throughout your body. Mm-hmm. And they use the messenger RNA technology that had already been developed five, nearly 10 years before what we now know as a COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. And COVID itself is not new. The SARS virus is not new. If you have a, a Lysol spray bottle in your house from about yep. a year or so yep. ago, if you read the back of all those little different things that it says it kills, SARS was already there. What they did is that's why you heard the term warp speed. So they paused all these other studies and said, Uh we got to focus on this one. That's how you got the energy done. So it's kind of as if no different, Choi, with all the work that you do, but you have that uh beyonce is your new client Troy. so mm. meaty has to wait sally has to wait because <laughs> you gotta get this thing for right. beyonce done within the next two weeks so that is warp speed everybody's attention is to get this done so when you have all hands on deck of the entire nih of the entire cdc that is working on this yeah you can get it done mm. that's why because normally it takes a long time and keep in mind friends more than 60,000 people, I I think it was between, I don't wanna quote the exact number, but it was between 50 and 60,000 people had already been tested and given the vaccine and followed up upon before it even became public. And so I'm good if 60,000 people that's the whole almost the whole RFK stadium. I know we're broadcasting here from the DMV. That's mm-hmm. everybody in the RFK stadium. I think the RFK stadium sits about six, seventy, or eighty. Right. So pretty much the majority of the RFK stadium. And if nobody like died and croaked and got three eyes and developed the growth on the side of their head, I'm good.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and it's. So that that's what it thing. is.
1: Messenger RNA again. The right. three P. It was messenger RNA, and it was not something that they just started working on. She personally said that Kismeta Corbett, uh, Corbett has already been speaking on that. So go okay. back and do the research. Go back and look. It is not something that she just developed overnight.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and again, I, I don't want people to uh, think that. Um, you know, this this information here, and I'm glad you spoke to that, is we're not attacking anyone for their position on getting vaccinated or not getting vaccinated. It's just like you said, make an informed decision. Um, and and I started I started this probably about a month ago. I was like, you know what? I I have an IT background, right? I know I don't even watch the news because a lot of times people say, Well, did you get that from this network or that network. I said I didn't get it from any network. I said I try to have friends or or people that I can get access to that are doing this on a daily basis that I can trust. Do the same thing because I think we have to have informed information. Um, really quick, as as we wrap this up, speak. We've we've spent this majority part of the conversation talking about COVID and the vaccine, right? I do want to address this because I see this talked about a lot and I absolutely agree with it. I think this is a longer tail approach to getting over this, like to be in the middle of a pandemic and to just tell people, well, if you weren't obese, you wouldn't get it. You can't lose weight tomorrow. You know, you can't lose. You're not going to go from sick and 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 not healthy to just healthy tomorrow. Right. Speak to what you see as your other concerns. Thank
1: you, Troy. Let's, I appreciate for men.
0: it. For men, we'll we'll keep this with dads, like we start there and and moms, y'all are already killing it. We'll we'll wrap it up with that. But for men, what are you seeing that we can do naturally to get our bodies right? Or what are you seeing from your position as far as health and men?
1: This is probably one of the the best questions that you've asked me tonight, because it is truly my heart's desire and passion for us as black and brown individuals and particularly uh, particularly to care for our vessels that God has given us Troy, At the end of the day, doesn't matter your position, your title, the amount of money you have on the bank, the house you live in, or the car that you drive. If you are not healthy and well, health is the greatest wealth asset that you have. And um, remind everybody, you talked about IT. Steve Jobs, hands down, one of the world's most wealthiest persons ever, Mm -hmm. Right. Owned everything. Apple does the man. And it's so important for us to remember and realize that even with Steve Jobs, that he had all the money in the world but he was unable and ill-equipped to cure himself from the cancer that he passed away from. Mm -hmm. And so to your point, particularly for black men, do your best uh, to eat healthy and well. And I want to be mindful. Everybody wants a piece of the cake. Just don't eat the whole cake. Everybody wants a piece of of fried chicken or whatever it is. Just don't eat four pieces of it. Right. So I know know your
0: thing, not to cut you off. I know you're I saw it. Frozen Snicker bars.
1: I love frozen snicker bars <laughs> and I drink a coke. So listen, I'm here yeah. nurse meaty telling you, yes, I like Snicker bars and I like Coca-Cola. But I do those things as much as I possibly can in moderation. Um, so I'm not here to say just go as I said earlier. And there's nothing wrong with people who are vegan. Shout out to everybody who can do that. Great. I'm happy for you. There's nothing wrong with if you can, if you want to switch to vegan, but even with the vegan veganism, I would challenge people too to be careful because there's pesticides on all of this. Thing things that they are spraying on our vegetables and fruits with too Mm -hmm. so at the end of the day everything that we consume just do things in moderation and be healthy two you have to exercise you cannot out exercise a bad diet so it doesn't matter um you can go and run the marathon but if you turn around and come in tomorrow and eat two pizzas those 26 miles you just ran is all for naught So it's important that you still do some type of level of physical activity at least minimum 20 to 30 minutes a day to make sure that you are healthy as you possibly can be. Uh, third, get your your daily checkups. I hope because it's been 19 long months. So what has been over a year? if you have not seen your dentist, your physician, or anyone, you are in a deficit. make that appointment as soon as you get done watching me and Troy or you're, you're finished listening to him, call your physicians and make your wellness visits because wellness um, is where you can get a lot of these things done with these screenings and get ahead of anything. We will all die from something. We're all gonna pass away, we know that. But the goal is to live as healthy and as well as you can for as long as you can. And then lastly, particularly for my black brothers out there, get your prostates checked. Get get your watch your diabetes. Know your numbers. Know your 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 uh, body mass index. You may not be that that same fit that you were back in college or in high school, but you know understand what the different types of obesity means uh, when we when you start getting those bellies and how that can impact your insulin levels. And black individuals have a disproportionate um, impact of, of of having comorbidities and passing away from diabetes, hypertension,s um, and kidney disease we unfortunately have a poor disposition to that and certain types of cancers. So getting those screenings and not being afraid to see your healthcare professional is important and it is absolutely imperative. And then lastly is your mental health, Troy. We Hmm. have to, you have to do something, whatever it is, whether it's golfing, whether it's talking to your boy, whether it is, yeah, I say, you uh, you know, having that one drink with your friends just to laugh and get those endorphins going. Do something to protect your mental health, because I believe the re- this is meaty's personal analogy. The reason why I believe so many black people pass away and have issues with hypertension and diabetes and stuff is that our bodies are always in a constant state of stress. Yeah. Even when it's not happening to you, Troy, Troy, you are a black man. I don't know what it felt for you as a black man to watch that officer kill and murder George Floyd. So I'm sure you felt some kind of way. I'm sure you had tension, anxiety, anger. Your body, when you feel that way, you produce these endorphins, you produce this cortisol, which then keeps your blood pressure up. So when you're always at a constant level of stress, whether it's impacting you directly or indirectly, your body's never able to come down from that. Particularly black men. Yo, go see someone mental health is just as important as your heart health just as important as everything else because if you're crazy up here it will manifest physically and i mean crazy talking about just the thoughts and confusion and anger and the frustration Talk therapy is amazing. And African-Americans traditionally have shied away from that and speaking up, which I am so grateful and proud of um, our sister Taraji P. Henson, who does a lot of work around mental health and speaking out about how important it is. So those five things I think is something that my black brothers that are out there, um, we know you're you're doing your breadwinners, your dad, your husband, your provider, your protector, all of that. And then meanwhile, people are trying to kill you every day. You don't know if you're gonna come home at night. You don't know just because Troy flipped up his hoodie that somebody's gonna mistaken him for someone else. We mm-hmm. don't know that. So that mental health is so important, my brother.
0: Wow. I, I'm I'm super ex- happy that the mental health aspect is being talked about now more. And,
1: yes, uh, more, yes. And, more,
0: and you're right. I mean we channel, I know as men, we channel so much stuff. And again, this is not please don't mistake this as me saying that women don't because you guys carry a lot. I I take hats off to you guys every day, but I notice even in some of my actions and you can see it now that we're opening, the world is opening back up. People are, it's pent up like road rage is crazy. You just see so many things just happening. Kids fighting. Two people
1: died at BC yesterday, Troy. You yeah. saw that two people were murdered in DC just yesterday.
0: Yeah, and it, it's we got to value life more guys. We we, we really do. Um I, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Um you know, my goal is not only to provide great content but to also learn myself. Um so when we bring guests on, I'm sitting here and I'm I'm taking notes I'm write stuff down, you know, because I think it's important um to build community. I think it's important that I think everybody has something that they can bring to the table. Um and uh I, I'm just so honored that you decided that you you come on here and, and share. Uh, oh no,
1: the honor is all mine that I was even asked. Choice. Sorry to cut you off. This is your show, but the honor is all mine because you. you're sharing your platform and allowing me to share. And if I can make one tiny shameless. Sure, plug, I, I was going like, to ask
0: you to close. Go ahead. Anything you want to say? Go uh, ahead.
1: My, my dear, I was on a panel um that I led yesterday because it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, obviously in October. And my dear friend, I want to give her the credit, Melanie Nick. She said something too was. Um, when she was going through her cancer treatment she said she wanted to find a medical marriage and she wanted those health care providers and the team to speak to her as would her life partner to not just you know make it all oh you're going to be fine no i feel like crap today and so i want to tell the men and the dads particularly that are, are listening please brothers we need you stop shying away from the doctors Find, and and, and Troy, obviously, and I know many people, this is, you know, white, black, green, purple, whatever, but I have a passion, particularly if you are a minority, find someone that looks like you, that feels comfortable with you, that can really help you get and achieve what it is that you're trying to do. And I want people to know that, um, get that medical marriage. I love that term that Melanie created for me or shared that I now I told her I was going to steal it, but I would give her credit. Medical marriages are important because I want to be able to call and I want you to treat me and talk to me like you want me to live because you know that my husband and son need me. Don't just give me the textbook answer. Because I got to I got to get on this Zoom with Troy tonight at eight o'clock. I got things to do. I can't talk to me as though you are vested in my life, that you are vested in my health and wellness. And so I know that we talk a lot about COVID, but I am a nurse and I am a health and wellness advocate. Please find that person, whether they're black or not. Hopefully, you know, maybe they are and you can get a better connection. But whoever it is make sure your medical provider is really vested in you and you better sure enough hold them accountable for what the questions and answers that you need so you can make informed decisions, i.e. the COVID vaccine. All I ask is make informed decisions and make sure that people see you not as a disease or a diagnosis but as a person they need to see troy as a business owner they need to see troy as a as a husband they need to see troy as a friend they need to see troy as a father they need to see troy as a person who has a lot to contribute not just oh just another black dude no they need to see you see you see you see you so making sure that you're doing that is so important when you're making um your those those uh selections with your healthcare providers mm-hmm
0: thank you for listening to this episode of the high performance fatherhood podcast brought to you by 300 fathers if there are topics that you would like for us to discuss on this podcast feel free to email us at podcast at 300 fathers.com to connect with us you can find us everywhere on social media at 300 fathers thanks again for listening